Frank Mickens back with you. I am so ready. Last week we talked about Satan and his ways and we're going to continue to talk about this because we're going to arm ourselves for victory. It is part two of winning your freedom. We're going to dig right in with no delay. Stay put. So glad you're with us here on Faith Fire Media. I'm Frank Mickens. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to be with you again this week talking again about winning your freedom. This is part two. Last week we talked about Lucifer. Lucifer and how he covers and how that word in Ezekiel chapter 28 means that he fences things in. He shuts things in. He causes things to be um, shut off. And so we don't want to be in that position. And, and the Bible also talked about, we said, how he is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is currently working in the children of disobedience, according to his, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. He is still in the world working, and he is a spirit, you can't see him, and that he is the prince of the power of the air. He operates in the air. You can't see him and he operates in the air. And that's where we're going to spend a whole lot of our time today. So sit back, relax. I pray you have a Bible with you, even if it's the digital version. And I want you to get this teaching because this is an arsenal that you can deploy at any time in your life when you know you're up against something that is too great for your natural understanding or your, your natural gifts. You can't just go out there and spray it with rain like you can a roach or an ant. No, this stuff is in the spirit. This is spiritual warfare. In fact, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter six just to lay this foundationally so that you might not think that this is so far out of theology. Some people believe, you know, God's in control. Things are just going to happen the way they happen. But that's just not biblical because Jesus even said that the kingdom of 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 God suffers violence. And then he says the violent Take it by force. We can possess the kingdom as the Lord says we should. He says, occupy until I come. But we're not going to be able to occupy if we don't fight for it. If we're not willing to put our our natural mind to the side and begin to operate in the spirit, we're going to be in trouble. That is absolute truth. Trust me. Absolute truth. All right. So uh, let's talk about Ephesians chapter six. And where Paul just peels that orange and says, listen, this is what we do. He says in verse uh, 10 in Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you need strength and you need his power, his might. And then it says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's subtle. He's wily. He's cunning. He doesn't do things out in the open that it's so obvious all the time. He tries to worm his way in. And then it says in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high 
places. So there are unseen demonic governmental positions. They oversee certain geographical regions and they have families that they're assigned to. There are demons that watch you your entire life and they watch for your weaknesses. They are assigned to you. Well, we know the angels are assigned to you. Jesus says that your angels never fail to uh, behold the face of God. So there are angels assigned to you. So demons, you would think, because they counterfeit, they counteract the kingdom of God, they would be watching you and getting surveillance on you. You might wonder why some things just you can't seem to get away from addictions or any kind of uh, habitual sin or habitual flaws in your life. It's because the enemy has been knowing you since you were born, even watching your family before you were born. And they know some of the idiosyncrasies and the things that are in your family. And they try to bring those things in your atmosphere, even from a very early age. So a lot of things might even seem normal. You might have had a family that was very combative and, and angry, and that's normal to you. Well, that's not of God. And that's a familiar spirit, a spirit that's familiar to you that might not seem demonic because it's familiar. But these things can become strongholds. All right. And that's how Satan shuts us in, fences us in. He keeps us from being free because he builds prison walls around us. And that's why we need to make sure that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but that we take the fight to the enemy in the spirit with the word of God. All right. So with that in mind, we're going to go back to Ezekiel chapter 28 and we're going to talk again about Lucifer, Satan, the devil, Apollyon, he is the one who just hates God. And because you look like God, he hates you, too. And so he's got a plan to uh, wreck you if he can, to shipwreck you, to bring disappointment, to kill steal and destroy. He doesn't want you to have a successful marriage. He doesn't want you to have a successful career. He doesn't want you to definitely not be in ministry and bring people to Jesus. And he's constantly working. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. A roaring lion, not just a lion that's laying down, watching everything. No, the lion that's ready to attack, the lion that is on the prowl with his mouth wide open looking for you. That's the enemy. So uh, last week we talked about the covering cherub. He was anointed in the beginning to be the covering cherub. The covering is also a word that means to shut in. It means to fence in. It means to shut off. And it even means to weave together that he operates by weaving together schemes that hold you back, that that make you feel like you can't get free. And so sometimes you might think I'll never get free from this. So I'll just do this. Fine. I never will stop drinking, so I'll just drink. I'll never stop doing pot, so I'll do pot. I'll never stop hitting women. I'll just hit women. I just can't help it. And these are lies to reinforce the bondage you're in so that you don't want to get out. Well, you're going to get out. You're going to get out with the help of the word of God. So beyond the fact that he covers, he tries to fence you in, shut you off, shut you in. We're going to talk about how he does that. So let's go to Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 18, where it says about Lucifer, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. So let's stop right there. We're going to spend all of our time right there. 
You defiled your sanctuaries. A sanctuary is a place of worship. It's a holy place. It's a place set apart. It's a place that is um, special. It's a place for worship. It's a, a place that is hallowed. It's sacred. And so that's you. Remember, the Bible says you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, says the word. And so Satan wants to defile you. He wants to do like he did in heaven because he got so full of himself and thought he was more beautiful than God and everyone should just follow him. He defiled that sanctuary. Well, he thinks you should follow him and he wants to defile you pull you away from God, just like he took a third of the angels who are now demons. He wants to pull you into that camp because he's a rebel and he thinks he's better, higher than God, even though deep down he knows he's not. But he's so caught up in his own stronghold that he can't get free from. He can't do anything except be who he is. And that is a defiler. So he wants to defile your temple. So you were created to worship God. The devil wants to make it such that your life does not look like worship. He wants to destroy your testimony so that you might tell people about Jesus, but they don't care what you say because your behavior looks like theirs or they know that fatal flaw of yours. He wants to defy your sanctuary so that the blessings of God can't come to you because the Bible says the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The Bible says that if you are operating in pride, that God resists you, but he gives grace to the humble. So the enemy just simply wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you and destroy you. And he doesn't stop with you. He wants to get to your children, your children's children, and so on. He wants to wreck everything, decimate everything. He is a defiler. So this is why we need to stand up against him, as we just discussed, in the spirit, not warring with flesh and blood, with our fists or with our loud voice, but with the word of God, the ways of God, the spirit of God, the blood of Jesus, all of these things. And we're going to talk about that in a later teaching. But in the next four or five minutes, let's talk about two more words, iniquity and trading. Trading and iniquity. So it says in verse 18, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. So how does he defile things? Through iniquity. So then it behooves us to know what that word iniquity means. So in the Hebrew, that word for iniquity simply means to twist, to twist something. Okay, well, what is he twisting? Well, we learn in Ezekiel chapter two, we mentioned it earlier, that he's the prince of the power of the air. Well, the book of Isaiah also talks about, I'm thinking Holy Ghost, should I talk about this later? We'll give it a little, little bit now just so we can make sense of the word iniquity, but he operates in the air, air waves. He operates in communication. Remember, he is a liar, right? Jesus said to Satan, you are a he says he's the father of lies. So his his way of defiling you is through lies and transmission of lies. And so you have gates, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your hands, your body that you feel parts of your body that you can feel things. Those are gates. Those are entry points. So he can bring data into your hearing and it gets into your thinking and then he can try to take control of your thinking 
and defile you by you thinking opposite of what God wants you to think. And remember now, we talked about in Romans chapter 7 last time, that it's by our mind that we serve the law of God. Our flesh can't do it. Our flesh is still sinful. You can be in Christ 50 years, but this flesh is still going to want what it wants. But your heart, controlled by your mind, superseded by the truth of God, can cause you to be free from that bondage. You can get free from the things the enemy is trying to bring into your life to shut you off, shut you in, fence you in, and weave together uh, a fenced-in lifestyle where you feel like you can't get out. But it is a feeling. It's not true. Again, that's part of the lie that you can't get free. Oh, you'll never change. You'll be just like your father, all of those things. Those are communications the enemy can use from other people to say things to you, curse you, and you begin to believe the curse. So then let's talk about the word trading. It says, Ezekiel 28, verse 18, and we're almost done. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. By the iniquity of your trading. That word for trading also means commerce. So by the iniquity of his commerce, the iniquity of his business, what he does, the transmission of information, he twists the truth into a lie. Iniquity means to twist and then he transmits it. That's his trade. That's his commerce. So we know he's trying to shut us in, fence us in. Shut us off from the blessings of God. Weave together these schemes. He's wily. He has a, a, a subtlety about him to do things like a fox underneath it all. He's weaving like a web like spiders do to try to fence us in and catch us like spiders catch flies and get us to stick in that web until we give up. And then he comes in for the kill. That's the plan of the enemy. He wants to get you in a stronghold, get you in a place where you feel like you can't get free. And then it gets worse and worse and worse because you stop believing you can get free and you start giving up and giving in and doing things and things start and, and spirits attract more spirits. And then eventually the enemy's plan is to kill you and then kill your children because he wants you, their, your children to repeat the cycle that you're in by watching you, hearing you and by their gates right? Their senses beholding what you're going through. They replicate. That's the plan. But because we're learning the wiles of the devil, the subtleties of the devil, I'm telling you, you can get free and have your mind serve Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's stop right there. Here's what we've learned. Not only does the enemy want to shut us in, shut us off, fence us in, weave together schemes to keep us bound. He also does so by twisting the truth and his trade, his commerce, his business is words, transmission of information. And he twists the truth, puts that twisted truth into our minds, gets us, gets us to believe that the twisted truth is actually true. So that we will adopt a mindset that is counter to the will of God. And then what you think is what you do. That is the word of God. Literally, the scripture says, as a man thinks, so is he. You've got to get your mind set free. We're going to talk about that next time. Father, in the name of Jesus, what a privilege it is to dive into your word and really see how simple this is. That we need to know the truth so that the truth can set us free. Because the enemy of our soul is trying to twist the truth, get us to believe a lie, so our behavior will be controlled by thinking that is stinking. 
God, deliver us from stinking thinking. Continue to expose those places where our lives are not lining up with your word. You said that we should not just be do, uh, hearers of the word, but we should be doers. And we want to see that, God. We want to have clean water coming from our well. No stinking thinking, no poisonous water. We want it to be purified by the Spirit of God, the Word of God. You said if we abide in you and your words abide in us, that means we're in, in connection, that we're fruitful. We will bear fruit. So, Lord, continue to expose where we need to be set free. Help us to become indignant against the evil one, that our minds will be renewed and we will not allow him anymore to twist the truth and do business in our mind to cause us to stumble. Set us free now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, I want to just invite you now to come to Jesus because the freedom comes in Jesus. He is the truth and the truth will set you free. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me. There is no other way to be reconciled to God except through Christ. There's no other way to access the power of Christ's spirit, the living God, except by coming to God. The Bible says that you cannot possibly come to God except that you know that he is. You cannot do it. So we ask now, God, anyone who's just feeling that touch of the love of the Father to come home to freedom, to come out of bondage where they've been fenced in, in confusion. I pray now that they'll just say, I give it all to you, Lord Jesus. I put your yoke on me and I know your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Set me free by your spirit. I give you my life. Come into my heart and I'll follow you the rest of my days in Jesus name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, it's done. And now you just submit yourself to his ways. You commit yourself to learning who he is, learning Jesus Christ. I invite you to do that. You can contact us if you're looking for ways to do that. Faithfireworldwide.com. You can also email me at mail at faithfireworldwide.com. Listen, we're going to pick this up with part three next week. We are not even halfway done with how we defeat the enemy and win our freedom. It's already been bought on the cross, but we have to work out our own soul salvation. We have to partner with the Lord to keep ourselves from being bound and break out of places where we've been bound because our thinking has not been aligned with the ways and the word of God. He's such a good father. He loves you so much. He wants you free. I love you as well. And we'll see you here next week. Until then, God bless you. Bye bye.